Also, I shut my window, even though it's insanely hot, you so can... I don't hear the stupid train go by. Well, I mean, you can open it back up. Who cares about the train? Yeah, it's it's loud. It's annoying. Okay. Well, what's going on, everybody? Mr. Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down episode number 68.5, and we're continuing our playthrough of Final Fantasy XII, The Zodiac Age. Today I have with me Matt. Hello. So yeah, when we last left off, I was ahead of you, and I had to cut it short. Um, we were on our way to get the Sword of Kings, is that what it's called? Yep. That can uh, destroy Nethesite. That can destroy Nethesite. So, um, God, where did we leave off? It was when we went inside... Uh, that temple. Yeah, the still shrine. The still shrine to get the sword. There was a cutscene. So we had, had a, a boss fight against another summon. And, um, got us our second summon, which I have to say, uh, I used a summon finally. I don't see what the point of that is. Yeah, it's it's a little odd how things are balanced in this game. Like the techniques, techniques uh-huh. are almost useless. Yeah. The summons don't seem all that useful. The quickenings I finally had one that was useful, but it it's only now once cuz it seems to me like you need to hit critical mass where like all of your characters have them. Preferably two before they start to become useful. Right. So that doesn't happen until the end of the game, really. On top of that, the, my biggest issue with the quickenings and the summons is that when you do, all right, so we should explain the summons. The summons is basically you summon a the creature to fight with you, and you can only control your character. So let's say I have a summon on Bosch. The battlefield is now just Bosch and the summon. Versus the bad guys, and I'm controlling Bosch. And honestly, that thing did no damage to anything. No, you can control it as well, right? I can. I don't know how. I think you just change like your party leader if you just hit up or down. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't. I've not. I've not done that in battle. I only did that recently to get through like a puzzle. Um, but. I assume maybe they've got special moves, so maybe if you leave them on their own, it's almost akin to having a character with no gambits. Hmm. So you might have to take control of it and then use your summon. Okay. Maybe I'll try I don't know. next time, but... Yeah, the quickenings, the issue I have with the quickenings is that they only target one character. One enemy? Yeah. Yeah, so they're really only useful in, like, boss fights? Yeah. Or boss fights where there's not multiple characters running around. Yeah. Which I finally got, I finally used it to get past, we'll get there, but that King Bomb, holy crap. Yeah, I never fought that thing. I went around it. I had to master my quickenings to, to get it done because it would heal itself all the way back to 100% almost instantly. Yeah, no. Repeatedly. I'll just never fight that thing. So, uh, in the still shrine, we get the sword, and we want to. Well, 
Balthier says he needs he wants to give it a little test run, see if it actually does what it says it does. And so he puts the Dawn Shard down. And she's getting ready to attack it, and she changes her mind. It says, no, I don't think, uh, I don't think we're gonna use it right here on this. Um, during this cutscene, she also sees another vision of her husband. Uh, Vaughn, who we think is also seeing these visions, he doesn't see a vision this time. And he has kind of confirmed that who he is seeing is not her husband, but is his brother. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what's going on with that one. Yeah, it's th- there's not a lot in the game to go on yet. No. I mean, it's, it's essentially the same question we've had about the two of them for 10 hours of gameplay. Right. So I'm a little, it's a little underwhelming. I think they could have done a little bit more to, if this is a mystery, to build it up a little bit. Right. Yeah. I feel the same way. Then again, it might not have any kind of payoff. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. It might not even be a a real mystery. So this is where I come into my theory of, I think we're actually the bad guys. Okay. Because uh, we now have a weapon that destroys Nethesite. Um, and we're getting stuff that destroys things. And on top of that, we're summoning demons rather than summoning the gods. Now, at, at least within the destroying Nethesite, there's a clear in-game reason for it. Like, it's not illogical that we would want to destroy Nethesite. That's true. I mean, we but, need to stop Vane. We need to stop Arcades. But wouldn't, wouldn't, Let's say the roles were reversed. Let's say that this game was being played by the perspective of Arcades. Wouldn't we see them as the villains? These crazed uh, rebellion people who are trying to destroy us and everything that we believe in? Yeah, I guess. It's hard. I would see it more, again, with the Star Wars themes. It's more rebels and Imperials, and it's hard... I think even if you're the Imperials, it's hard to see the Rebels as enough of a threat to warrant playing. Like, it wouldn't be much of a, a game if you were just playing against guerrilla warfare and, um, you know, and, and a small Rebel alliance. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I, I guess they could be seen as the bad guys, but it's hard to think that Vayne would have any concern and any real lasting concern over um, Lady Ash in this ragtag group of Sky Pirates. I think that um, the biggest thing to take away from all of this is that there there's people who are bad guys. There's not necessarily a group of bad guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I, I think that's absolutely true. So, you know, even though, I don't know, there's a lot of Arcadian people who are probably good people. Who don't want this war, and but there's like the leader kind of wants it, you know. And what are, what are we supposed to do? Go against him? Yeah, what Vane wants, Vane gets. Exactly. So we uh we now have the Sword of Kings, which can be equipped on anybody. But uh, I have better stuff already. 
Yeah, I think at the time I got it, it was roughly on par with my other swords. But since it's two-handed and it prevents me from using a shield, uh, and it's real slow, I don't know. I I, I didn't. I haven't really used it at all. Right. I, I may have used it in one or two fights just to try and boost a little bit of offense from somebody like Penelo, but uh, no, I haven't, I haven't barely used it and haven't used it since. Right. So when we leave the Still Shrine, we uh, go outside and notice that there is more Arcadian ships showing up. Oh, good. This uh, kind of, uh, I guess it's, we, we saw it in a previous cutscene where, you know, when Vane takes over officially, he's like, go get my brother and bring him back now. And that's basically what they're doing. They're heading toward uh, the, the Boer Morris, whatever you call it. Yep, yeah, back to the mountain. Back to the mountain. And uh, we travel back there. When we get there, we find the place in ruins. And the Pope is dead. Oh no. Yeah. Again, that should be real impactful. But I feel like since we just met him, it didn't really seem like he was part of the world until we had to go to the mountain anyway. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's dead. And he, he seems like in the world he's an important character, but in the game, he's not. Right. So we uh, we also have a boss fight here. Uh, one of the uh, judges stayed back to take out us. Yeah, the one with the uh, inhuman strength. Yeah, Bergen, just Bergen. And uh, I guess this is the the silhouette. So every Final Fantasy game has a silhouette uh, on the title screen or on the title card. So Final Fantasy VII has a big comet. And Final mm-hmm. Fantasy VIII has you know, Squall and uh, Re- Riona. I can't remember her name. That art is nice and iconic. Yeah. The art for the Final Fantasy twelve is this guy holding two swords in his hand. At least I think that's what the, the art is. So we have a boss fight with this guy. And talk about a pushover. Yeah. I was thinking this was going to be tough. Nah. Yeah. For me, the the battles have been getting progressively easier. Oh, well, um, not for me. I would say about ten hours ago or so, maybe the the bulk of the last recording and and the majority before that. I mean, I was, you know, I was die a few times, grind, get the right equipment. Like for example, the the reason I I hadn't really gotten up to where we were today. Uh, we have to fight. Is it, it's Mateus, right? The the other Esper that we fought that you mentioned that has a lot of the uh, companions with ice attacks. Right. Yeah. I had to go mine ice shields. Well, not mine. I had to go trek out, buy them, and trek back. Um, you know, so I've had to do that a number of times in this game. If, if like in that battle, I needed ice shields, so I had to go get them. And in other battles, I needed specific items to prevent specific status ailments, so I had to go get them and I'd grind while I was doing it. So I've had a number of bosses where they weren't terribly hard when I finally did beat them, but either the first time I fought them, I lost miserably or I just expected to. So I went and did some extra 
uh, specific item gathering mm-hmm. uh, in order to beat them. So I don't know. I, I it's been sort of back and forth, but from this battle on, I think most of the battles for me have been pretty easy. Not for me. We'll get into that, but so um, after the fight, we kill him, and um, the uh, the oh man, the I guess the prince or, or one of the head honchos of the other country. Mm-hmm. He's still there. He's been injured, and they're like, "Okay, so what do we do now?" So the only thing Ash can think of is we need to go use this sword to uh, destroy the other shards before they start a counteroffensive. Yeah, that's really our main, our our main, our only option, really. So they're like, "Okay, well, where do we go for there?" Well, we got to go into the heart of Arcades, particularly where one of the shards may be. It's probably going to be in the Dracor Laboratory. Which is, um, which one are we going for? I can't remember the shard. The Dusk Shard? Is it the Dusk Shard? I can't remember. Uh, because that's where they've been doing, um, experiments on Nethocyte there. Dr. Sid and his gang. Dr. Sid. Sid, I always thought, was a good guy. I could be wrong. can't remember. If there was another bad Sid? If there was another bad Sid. I could be wrong. It's been a long time since I've played some Final Fantasy games. But, uh, yeah. So, we now know where we need to go. It is all about getting there. And, boy, do we travel. (laughs) Yeah. We go through... A forest again. We go through to get to the Silka Wood. Yeah, we go through the the Silka Wood. We go through the I, I don't know how to pronounce it. The Fawn Coast. Yep. Uh, so we got the Mosforin Highways, the Fawn Coast, the Silica Wood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lots of Fawn Coast was nice though. Just very very tropical. Reminded me of Final Fantasy Ten. Yeah. Very beachy. So, Matt, uh, before we get into that, um, you decided to do the hard way of going through the Silico Woods. Yeah, at the time, I thought that was the only way. Okay. <laughs> I didn't realize it was an optional boss at first. Um, I, You know, there, there is that... S- I was going to actually ask you, I had made a note to ask you if you had... Um, returned all those little workers so that they could fix the door so that you could get through into what I thought was the optional area, the Fawn Coast. Right. I didn't realize that was the way you have to go. Uh, So 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 the only other way is really to go through the the King Boss or the King Bomb fight. So the King Bomb fight, if you beat that, it takes you to the Fawn Coast as well? No, it just takes you deeper into the Silka Wood. Okay. Is there another way I, out, or do you still have to go back and get the Moogles? Uh, I think you still have to go back and get the Moogles. Ooh, yeah. So I, I'm not sure. I, I didn't. I didn't fully penetrate the Silka Wood. Uh, I, I beat the bomb. I thought I was way behind you still. So I, 
I, I, I did a little bit of exploring after I beat the bomb, but then I just said, uh, I'm going to go do the, the Moogle herding and uh, check out the Fawn Coast. Then I'll come back here. But then it turned out that the Fawn Coast was the right way. So then since I was already over there, I just kept going. Yeah. So I, I had already heard from Jamie that there was this King Bomb and the Moogles warned me of go this way and there's a King Bomb there. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do that. So I went and got all the Moogles. Lunch break's over with. Get back to work. Build yeah, up. that that fight was really a pain. To me, that was the hardest fight I've had. Not because it is inherently the most difficult, just I don't know where I was. The fact that I thought I had ready only summons, like 20 mini-bombs, but one time I fought him just focusing on the bombs, and I could swear I killed 30 or 40 or 50 of them. Uh, and they just seemed like they were infinitely spawning, so I gave up on that strategy. Uh, so I, I kind of had to manage keeping them, because if you'd left them alive, you'd have three of them plus the king bomb, and that's just far too overwhelming for the party. So I had to like have my main character Vaughn like taking out the the smaller bombs and then have my other two characters basically auto attacking the king bomb. And then when he got down to 30, 40, 50%, that's when I had to finally pull off a quickening to try and get him as close to zero as possible and that took me a couple tries to actually get it. I had to go get a couple extra quickenings. Uh, I finally figured out how to use them. Tell me how to use them because I still don't know exactly. As far as I know, all you do is hit the button to activate it. And then while it's counting down, you activate another one. So it's just how many can you string together. So if like the other two party members might not even have them and then you can't string anything together and it's guaranteed to be useless is my understanding of it. Well, here's my thing. I can do that fine. But then there's supposed to be a way where you can recharge each character by doing a Esper charge or something like that or a Mist charge. Yeah. By shuffling, by hitting the R2 button. So I thought all that did, yeah, it, I, I don't know if it, I don't know what charge in this instance means, but essentially, so like if you, my, what I, what I have, the way I thought it worked is that if you use, say, your level two one and then your next character uses a level two, and then your next character uses whatever. You know, every time you use it, it'll it'll sort of reshuffle which characters have which as uh, quickenings available. And if if one of them shows up as, hey, you've got a character with an available quickening, hit it, and it'll add it to the chain. And if they don't, you can just hit R two or whatever it is to shuffle, and you can do that sort of and just keep shuffling until you hit a character with a quickening. And I don't know if you can reuse the quickenings that way, or if it's only if a character has multiple that you have the chance to use multiple. So here's how I understand it. You've got level one quickenings, level two quickenings, and level three quickenings. If you use a level three at the very beginning, they are out of charges. If you use a level one, they still have two charges left and you can, they can still use that same one uh, three okay. times. When they're out, you have to recharge them. Now, the problem with my shuffle is is that I'll hit the R2 button to shuffle and nothing happens. It it does it shuffles, but then there's still nothing there. Yeah, so I think you have to keep shuffling until uh, you happen to land on a 
compatible option. I do, but also the, t- the the couple of times I was doing that, it only gave me about two seconds worth of shuffling time. So I'd hit it like three times, but you know nothing would come up in those two seconds. And then I had so I basically I ended up switching when I knew that was going to happen. When I had him down to thirty forty percent, I switched my party members around to the party members that had the most, like a level one and a level two. So that I would be more likely to land on an available option to keep the chain going. Right. I don't know if that's exactly how it works, but I was able to at least at that point get four of them chained together, which brought him down to like 10%. And then I just had all three of people attack him while he was getting ready to charge his life back up to 100%. I got him just before he was able to get a spell off. So that was an annoying, annoying fight. Sounds like it. So... We make it to the Fawn Coast. Going through here, I'm starting to notice something. I'm starting to notice that there's a lot of enemies who are doing a lot of damage to me. I'm like, okay, I think I may need to start grinding. But I continue onward. We get to a kind of a breaking point in the Fawn Coast. And we get a cutscene. Uh, it's basically everybody just kind of like, man, I'm tired, and you're know, walking around kind of thing. And Bothier comes and wants to talk to Ash. And starts talking about her little quest and everything like that. And we know, he says that he knows that what goes on in the Dracor laboratory. Uh, the reason why is because the big reveal, he used to be a judge. Yep. And he uh, he has the off comment saying that uh, uh, Sid uh, became obsessed with Nethysite and he's afraid that she may become obsessed with it as well. He says, that is also probably when I lost my father. Which is also that idea of becoming obsessed with the Nethysite or being consumed by it has been a at least a point that's been raised multiple times in this game, so it's got to come up at some point. I'm sure it does. So I'm guessing Sid is also Balthier's father? Uh, I don't want to say. You don't want to say? Cause that, is that a spoiler? Well, I, I, I know they have a conversation. <laughs> I have to go back and see... Exactly what it was they said to each other. So needless to say, I haven't made it that far yet. Uh, we will get to where I've made it actually relatively soon because there's not much left to talk about. Uh, after that cutscene, I have that big reveal that he used to be a judge for the Arcadian Army. Now he's a sky pirate, does what he wants. After seeing what Nethysite had done to Sid... And he hopes that uh, Ash doesn't follow in his footsteps. There was kind of a cool little area. I don't know if it seemed like out of place. There was a little part in the Fawn Coast where there were like 20 item chests in a row. Yeah, I ran into those too. A dozen or so. But there was nothing of any use in any of them. Yeah, I thought I got a couple of items. I got a couple items, but I was like, eh, this isn't as good as the stuff I got equipped. Yeah, okay. So, that's one problem I've had. I spent a little bit of time in the Fawn Coast because I I wasn't I'm not really using the fact, but every once in a while I'll just glance at it. 
and there's a couple of sections here where you can get pretty decent equipment, apparently. But you need to just like keep opening a opening a little treasure pot, and if you don't get it, leaving, and then coming back and trying it again. And there's a couple of sections here where I went to the same treasure pot probably twenty or thirty times, and I was able to get one or two pieces of equipment that I needed. Um, but then there was there was another pot right before. Uh, right before you go into the next section back underground where I tried that so many times. I spent probably a half an hour just making this little circuit of leaving the area, coming back into the area, killing a couple snakes, opening the pot, and it was like six gill. And I'm like, wow, that's a waste of my time. Yeah. And I just did that over and over. And there was one pot where they said that there would definitely be this amazing armor and it never showed up. Hmm. Yeah. So that's part part of my like half grinding for levels and half grinding for equipment. So yeah, I'm gonna have to grind because the next part, as I mentioned in the Fawn Coast, I was running into enemies that were doing a decent amount of damage to me, and I weren't killing them really fast. We run into the Highlands, is that what it's called? Yeah, the uh, the Cheetah T C H Cheetah Uplands. Uplands, that's it. And this is probably the the last part before you get to Arcadia or the old Arcades. Yeah. Um, well, there's a there's like a cave system you got to go through underground first. That's true. I think it's part of the the uplands or whatever. But um, we were mostly just traveling, traveling and fighting stuff. We run into this little kid who gives us a quest, a hunt quest to kill something that's in the caves. Well, it just so happens we're going through the caves, so why not? Yeah, at first I didn't. I said, no, I don't have time for quests. I don't have time for hunts. It turns out, yeah, you actually need to get that key from him. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to say yes, even if you don't want to fight any of his monsters. So Before uh, you get into the, uh, was it the, the Sochin Cave? Sochin Cave. Palace. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, travel through there. Make it to the cave entrance, use the key, or no, go to the cave, then at the door, use the key. So, so far, I've run into some enemies that are pretty, they're not killing me, but, you know, I'm keeping a white mage with me. Uh, I mentioned on Twitter, I asked uh, our, our resident experts who are playing more of this game than we are, if there is a part in this game later on where they force us to use certain characters. To which I've been told no. So I've decided I'm going to level up three characters and three characters only. Because it is not worth my time to do this. Yeah, it's funny. I wish I had taken... Like, that strategy works in this game and I've been doing the opposite. And in the last game, I was leveling up just a few characters and it screwed me. Yeah. So, uh, the characters I have chosen to level up are Vaughn, Bosch, and Pinello. Uh For me, it's Vaughn, Bosch, and Ash. Although it was Vaughn, Balthier, and Ash for most of the game. Yeah. Only recently has um, Bosch just gotten so strong. Balthier has turned into a completely useless character for me. That dude dies within probably two hits. 
and I don't yeah, know the, what I did wrong. Well, it's really for me. It's both of the characters that I kept as my like support characters. So Fran and Balthier. Like the two of them die so quickly, but they're also my best two at ranged attacks. So when we're going through those uplands before you get to the cave, there's a lot of flying enemies, mm-hmm. and I, I absolutely it'll be Vaughn and those two because they can. Uh, with the crossbow I've got Balthier equipped with, he's doing 1,500 damage per hit. Wow. He's just a little slow. So I actually, one of my key things that I did today, actually, right before we recorded, um, you were mentioning before about the need for some support spells. So I've actually switched. Because I've been using Ash so much, I essentially, before, I, I've given her as many gambits as I can possibly give her. So she's got 10 gambits set up at the moment. And it was basically before it was if... If an ally has this ailment, use this spell to cure it. And I had that all set up so that I didn't have to worry about status ailments as much. Right. But I've recently switched it. I've still got about half of those active. But the other half are constantly casting regen, shell, and protect. So that I'm, my characters always have all three of those spells on. And I don't have to do anything to get there. Right. That's been That's been quite a game changer. And then the other the other one that they always mention as key to have set up is haste, which I did not have until this point in the game. That's a time battle mage, right? Time battle mage, but apparently I think there's only one place in the entire game you can pick it up. Right? Like you can you can unlock the ability to use it with a time battle mage, but you can't actually use it until you buy it or find it. Okay. Um and there's only one chest in the Uryut village. There's one little, like, crystal that you have to go to, access it, and you just automatically, here, you've, you've picked up haste. So that's weird. Yeah, it's, somebody mentioned, I don't know if it's true, but that's literally the only place in the whole game you can get it. Like, you, there's, you can't buy it anywhere? Can't buy it anywhere. What the now, there may be there may be a better version of it, like, haste-ga. Um, maybe, that, maybe you can get that elsewhere, but... As far as just haste goes, I don't think you can get it anywhere else. So I, on one of my detours, I decided I was going to go get that because I didn't have it. I was pretty sure I didn't have it. Unfortunately, I can't have Ash equip it because it's she's not a time battle mage. Although, now that I say that, she may have access to some time magic since she's such a powerful white mage. Hmm. So that's basically the only other reason I'm keeping Balthier around is he's my time battle mage. So sometimes I'll sub him in give everybody haste and then sub it back out. <laughs> and I'll do that before the boss fights. But but the idea of having all of those set up with gambits now has like just in the last couple hours of play, this game's gotten much easier for me because I went from having none of those well I guess I the whole game basically I've had protect autocast on the party leader. But now I've got all four of those spells autocast on every character and it's made it much, much easier. What is it? Is it shell, reflect, regen and protect. I uh, haven't been using reflect, although that's a good one. So what's the what's the fourth one? Haste. Haste. That's right. So haste, protect, shell, and regen. Uh, and, re- and regen. Yeah. I'm gonna need to. I'm gonna need to start doing some of that. I don't know who my time battle mage is. I know I've got. It may actually be Vaughn. Hmm. I also, that's another change I made. I actually set up Vaughn, even though he's my main character that I'm always personally controlling. I set the gambits up on him. 
And I, I feel like that's actually helped a bit because he'll auto-engage, so I'll get a lot more first hits in. Instead of having him, like, having everybody else attack, and then I look around sometimes to see where it is, then I then I engage. And the, the other thing that I found without the gambit on is that when I, like, let's say there's three or four characters, when I attack the first character, when he dies, Vaughn does not automatically auto-attack the next character, an enemy. So I have to then go through and, like, hit X three times to get him to, say, attack and then pick the enemy... And so having that all on a gambit means I have to do less, which may or may not be good, but it means that I'm I'm getting those hits in as quickly as possible because it's done automatically, which I think has helped me almost as much as Haste has. Maybe not quite that much, but it's been helpful to have him auto-attacking. Right. And immediately auto-attacking. Hmm. So yeah, we go down into the cave, make the door behind it is going to be some some big boss character that we have to fight. And when we get there, it's these five little uh, pumpkin head looking things. Yeah, tomato head, pumpkin head, onion head. Yeah. A um, couple more. Yeah. And uh, this is the boss fight. I've been stuck at this boss fight for probably three, four hours. Hmm. Uh, One thing I did read about this boss fight is apparently it's a really good boss fight to steal things from them. Yeah. I, I didn't do that. I was imme- I was immediately in attack mode. Yeah. I, man, I, I don't know if I need to grind more or what, but these guys wreck me within probably 10, 15 seconds of the fight. Mm. Every time. So there's a couple other spells that I haven't used that I wonder if they would be of any, I don't. There's not as many like simple defense boosting spells, are there? I don't think so. Except right, like protect. I'm used to. Yeah, I'm used to. A, is there is there the equivalent for attack boost? Like some some of the magic in this game doesn't have sort of the standard magics I would expect. Right. Um, but there is there's a thing I think that's called berserk. I don't I don't know if it speeds up your attacks or it does more damage, but it's something you can cast. So I think that they, your, whatever character is berserked just constantly attacks. Yeah, they do, and they, they attack mindlessly, I think. So it's like one of those where they just attack the nearest enemy. Oh, okay. Um, but something like that, if it's managed right, like if you can... Because there's another spell, I think, Lure, where you can get the enemies to all attack one character. So if you've got somebody, if there's a if there's a better way to boost defense and you can Lure... And or berserk, you know, it might be easier to hone in a, a couple of these little onion people. Yeah, these guys run around. They run away from you, and they will cast every status effect on you. I may need to start equipping different uh, accessories. Yeah, so that again, not on this fight particularly, but that was something I really had to do with Ash. I set her up. To basically auto cure everything, and then I gave her—is it the rose corsage that prevents silence? Because that's when I would be screwed. Is my one person who's going to cure everybody if they can't cast any spells? Then I'm, you know, effed. Yeah, I did that. I had that for a while, but I also got the heat accessory that I think it's the mage's gloves, or not the mage's gloves. It's it's something that halves 
the MP use on every ability? Yeah, I have that on Ash as well now. It's ah oh shit. It's a it's a. It might be the mage's gloves. No, it's some kind of charm, like a necklace. I can't remember. Yeah, I have that on right now because you know. I do too because they can go and <laughs> go for days. So yeah, I'm stuck there. I've tried that boss site like ten times, and it's just wrecking me. So I've been running around grinding. I am uh, probably like level thirty one, thirty two with each character, and I'm guessing I need to be at least probably level thirty five or thirty six before I even attempt this boss fight. Yeah, I think I was about thirty five. So, and I think my main now is at about forty seven. I'm just gonna have to. Gonna have to figure something out, unfortunately. Although I, <laughs> grinding again has become easier when I even set Vaughn to have my gam- have his gambits on, because there's a good section that I just went through. Actually, I didn't realize that I was grinding as much as I was. I just kept running, and there's actually a puzzle so that if you don't solve the puzzle, it just keeps teleporting you back to the beginning of the of the area. So I just kept running, say southwest. I'd get to the end of the section, go into the next section, but for, for about 20 minutes, I thought I was in, like in the fourth or fifth section. I'm like, man, this is pretty far southwest we have to go. But I had just been replaying the same area. <laughs> um, so, but with everybody on like auto attack, man, I was and and I've, I've got up, upgraded Von Sword a couple times recently. Uh, he's just a powerhouse. I'm doing probably 2,400 damage per hit. Holy crap! So. And I've also I've upped Penelo's damage, so when she's my mage, and then Bosch is doing probably sixteen hundred per hit. So most of these enemies, like in this section, take one hit from everybody and they're dead. Yeah, I'm definitely not doing that much damage. I think Vaughn with his old dagger is doing maybe three hundred damage per hit. Yeah, so I, I don't know. They, I, I don't know if it's just the level or if it's the sword or if it's all of the above, but this section that I just finished, I could, it's probably the fastest grinding I've had the opportunity to do the whole game. Just with how quickly, like, there's so many enemies and they're going down. I mean, a group of three or four enemies only takes, like, ten seconds. So that, that's been pretty good. I, I maybe, I, maybe I ought to revisit that before I hit the end game. Yeah. Okay, so that's where I'm stopping. Cause... That was the Fey Woods, by the way, so when you get there, you might want to. Okay. That's after the laboratory? Yep. Okay. All right, so let's continue with the email that um, Chad sent us, because we didn't finish it. Because we couldn't finish it. Yeah. Let's see here. Arcadian flashback. Da, 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 at Still Shrines. Miram. The party reaches the sword, and Ash notices the Dawn Shard starts to glow. The party tells Ash that she should test the sword on the Dawn Shard to make sure it's real, since it's currently drained of power and otherwise useless. As she raises the sword, Franz senses mist from the stone. The ghost of Prince Razzler appears before Ash and shakes his head in disapproval. She intentionally misses the stone, and Ghost Razzler nods in approval. 
She says that it is clear that the sword is real based on her, on the reaction. Afterwards, she asks Vaughn if, she, if he saw Rassler again. He tells her no. Uh, he saw nothing. Note this is the better. There is a better explanation for this, but I can explain it better later. Upon returning to Bur Oromus, after <laughs> leaving the shrine, the party sees a bunch of air, enemy air, Empire airships flying away from Mount Boromoros, whatever, uh, with smoke rising from that location. Mount Boromoros is devastated upon their return, and Judge Bergen stands over the corpse of Grand Kiltus. Uh, Bergen states he wants the sword, with a ghostly figure briefly appears behind him. Fran confirms that Bergen is in possession of a manufactured nethesite and is controlling him like it did her bunny buddy. Uh, the party defeats Bergen, and Al Cid shows up, saying Judge Gabernath took Larsa. Al Cid asks Ash to return with him to Rosaria, but she declines. She says she still has to find and destroy the Dusk Shard. Balthier states it will most likely be kept at the Empire's Dracor Laboratory in Arcades, thus starts the long trek to Arcadia. All right, up next... Uh, I don't know if I've read this one. Uh, Bronson wrote in for uh, Bad Rec Game Recommendations. Oh, nice. Says, uh, sup guys, I uh, just wanted to recommend a bad game next year. The Order 1886 is bad. But I don't agree with that. <laughs> but fascinating at the same time. The setting is amazing, the lore is interesting, the characters are intriguing, and the general feel of the game's world is very appealing to me, especially as a fan of horror. But, in my opinion, the game was a steaming pile of shit, to put it gently. The perfect take on the order I heard someone say was, they nailed the tech and presentation, they just forgot to make a game. There is a game there, but it boils down to an endless QTE sequences, walking around and picking things up, and the occasional competent but repetitive claustrophobic gunfights. And don't get me started on the derpy werewolves. A lot of people have criticized the game's length, being around six hours long, but I thought that the game's that was the game's best feature. It's been a few years since I've beaten the game, but I can remember it having a ba- leaving a bad taste in my mouth, especially after being so hyped for it. Strangely, since the game's rise and immediate plummet into a fiery pits of gaming hell, it has secured a bit of a cult following, um, with many people claiming it's an underrated experience. To each their own, I guess. Another reason why the Order would be a good candidate is because there have been rumblings lately that and even more articles here and there promoting the idea that the game may deserve a sequel. A lot of gamers seem to be on board as well, with Ready at Dawn's Twitter feed recently being bombed with uh, people begging for a sequel. Uh, they have a world, they have characters, they have the tech. I'm cautiously interested in a sequel. Have you guys already played The Order? What are your thoughts? Anyway, I'm enjoying the Final Fantasy XII episodes. I haven't beaten the game. I told myself I wasn't going to listen past the second episode, but here I am, vicariously getting sucked into the story. I have not played The Order. Matt, you, I, you have. I, I did play it. I beat it. Only even semi-recently. It was last year, so I... Obviously, I was a little excited for it. I mean, I, it looked fantastic. I didn't end up playing it because the reviews were so negative. I did, didn't seem like something I wanted to pay 60 bucks for. 
Um, but I did end up picking it up digitally at one point when it was on sale and then sat on it for maybe a year and then finally played it last year as a, just a quick like weekend binge. I, I don't really see anything wrong with the game. Um, I think it is, yes, it's got the tech, it's gorgeous, it's got great atmosphere, good characters. Uh, as far as the gameplay goes, I don't understand why anyone would critique it. It's certainly, if, if you want to say that it's not a game, I would say it's on the spectrum of, like, the Telltale games, but it's more of a game than those. There's more to do, there's more walking around, there's a little bit more freedom, not much. Um, so, I, I don't know, I, I feel like if, you like the Telltale games, then I don't see why you would not like this game, other than expectations would be that it's not that type of game. Right. And also, a $60 price tag, you might expect more or want more from it, but I, I thought the gameplay was just fine. It was not exciting gameplay, but it was perfectly adequate to get through a story, and okay. I thought the story was really good. Uh, to me, the, the length was the only thing that, that clearly kept it from a game I would recommend is that it's just not a full experience both because the gameplay is a little bit simple and there's just not that much to do and it's not an oh it's like the opposite of an open world game but I, I don't know I, I enjoyed the game but then again by the time I played it my expectations were very low the cost of the game was very low um, but yeah I didn't I while I was playing it I didn't really have any Complaints. Gotcha. Okay. Our next email comes in from Jason. It says, uh, Hey guys, wow, the game experience in Zodiac Age is so different than I remember the original being. Between the speed up making, the battles go faster, and the Zodiac classes allowing for more powerful specialties, uh, it's a very different experience. Or maybe I was just more underleveled, which forced me to active, which forced a more active participation. Uh, yeah. This had made the quickenings a little less needed, although getting a 15-plus combo with the higher-level finish move is still impressive. It is also interesting to hear you guys talk about how the game almost plays itself with a decent set of gambits uh, as compared to the usual rants about stupid party member AI. <laughs> uh, I look forward to the rest of your thoughts on the game. As for the Assignment America... I had a hard time coming up with too many bad games, as I just usually avoid them. The one that came to mind for me, though, was Jack 2. You wound me, man. Uh, this game was bad. It took a series from a very polished game, made it dark, and added guns to make a generic shooting-type game. And worse, they seemed to have made the edges paper thin. The number of times I got stuck, went through a wall, fell through a floor, and other such glitches drove me mm. nuts. I think after one high-speed jump in a tunnel, I actually broke through the ceiling into the <laughs> null space beyond. It was bad. Now, if you want bad in a different way, there is a, a Deadpool game out there. That might be worth uh, a few laughs. Keep gaming, Jason. I liked Jack, too, back in the day. Um, yeah, my, my problem with Jack, too, is that I didn't get to play it because I didn't finish Jack 1. Ah, Man, I, I 100% Jack one back in the day whenever I was a kid. Yeah, I picked it up again a couple of years ago when they did the remastered re-release. I picked it up on the Vita, I think. Oh, really? So I'm, I'm 
I don't know, partway through, halfway through, Jack 1. I always wanted to try Jack, Jack 2 because it looked dark. I also heard it was very hard. Uh, um, can't really remember. I know they did try to make it dark or whatever, and that was like the thing back then. Yeah. I always did want to get through that. I, I even considered not playing much of Jack 2, just testing it out, because I really wanted to get to Jack 3, where it seemed like it was, again, lighter, maybe maybe more on the polished side, and you know, kind of taking everything that they learned over the first couple games to make what, in my understanding, was the, the best entry of the three. But still got to get through the first one. Yeah. So uh, but next, Deadpool is fun. I also played about half a Deadpool. I played about half a Deadpool as well. I Enjoyable. Yeah, I, I thought it was okay. It's not groundbreaking. Funny enough to uh, funny enough to play. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next email comes in from Dustin. It says, hey guys, how's the grind going? <laughs> Bad. But <laughs> anyway, uh, I've been amused by your answers to Chad's questions, and I didn't want to respond since I remember the majority of the game and what happens. You guys are making short work of this game. When I first played it, it took me about 110 hours to beat Granted. Uh, that took every side quest and hunt, so I don't know how long the actual main story took. As for your theme next year, do you plan on playing games that are bad with no enjoyment or bad that but have... <laughs> But that some people, uh, a lot of people like. I'm hoping both. Uh, I'm hoping both as well. He says, uh, if it's the latter, Chad had a good list. Deadly Premonition is a bad game, but it's still fun. However, he must have misunderstood me one time since he listed Final Fantasy uh, 13. I enjoyed 13 and really liked 13 too. It was Lightning Returns. I thought was terrible, so you can add that third game to your list. As far as other bad Final Fantasy games, the original NES Final Fantasy II is considered the worst in the main line, and people love to scoff at ten two. Uh, other games I would suggest uh, is some N4G favorites, Shinmu one and two. Ken always rags on them as bad, but I want to see what all the fuss is about, so I would suggest <laughs> considering them. Also, Night Trap was re-released, as that's considered a terrible game. Would be fun to check it out, check out, though. Yeah, certainly. Uh, I don't know how old consoles you're willing to go, but uh, uh, the first Mage on 64 is terrible. So is Quest 64. Some 360 games would be Lords of Shadow 2, that was terrible, and a game called The First Templar was average at best. Uh, Knights of, Knights Journey of Dreams on Wii is terrible. Devil's Third on Wii U would be interesting to play since it's supposed to be so bad. Mighty Number no. 9 is god awful, and that's on everything. <laughs> uh, if you want a DS game, Final Fantasy XII Remnant Wings, the sequel isn't a bad, it's just average. Well, those are some games off the top of my head. I'll send more uh, if I think of some. Enjoy the rest of Final Fantasy XII. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, those I, could be some good ones. I still think one of my favorite games that I would never recommend is Enchanted Arms. Um, Yeah, that was a early 360 game. Yep, I don't know what it was about that game because, again, I, that was at a time when I didn't play many RPGs. Or I would start a few and get a few hours in and say, that's okay, but then get bored and move on to something else. But there was something about that game, and I, I still don't know what it was. It's not a good game, but I played that start to finish. I couldn't really stop, and I loved it. I don't know why. Yeah. 
Uh, Shinmu. That is a game I have never played. Yep, me either. Never played any of those. Uh, and they have a huge cult following. I know Ken still swears up and down that they're horrible. <laughs> and has, and is continuously and recently, um, repeating that claim. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Quest 64, I played that back in the day whenever I was a kid. Can't really remember it. I remember a lot of games on the N64 were bad because it was early 3D crap and yep. they didn't really know how to develop it and stuff. Um, let's see here. Next one. Dustin came back again with Bad Games Part 2. Nice. Nice timing uh, on that chime, too. That's that. That's my wife texting me. <laughs> Apparently someone across the street is getting arrested. Oh, fun. Uh, let's see here. Bad Games Part 2, No Man's Sky. Ugh. Another... Uh, I don't agree with that either. I uh, No, I've, I, I hated that game when it came out. I don't care what it is now. When it came out, it was bad. That's just me, though. Uh, too Human... Played through that game. Uh, always wanted to play that. Uh, Brute Force. World of Final Fantasy. I actually reviewed that game. I didn't think it was that bad. Mirror's Edge Catalyst. That's the sequel? Uh, yeah. Or technically prequel, but... Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Prey 2017. I reviewed that game and I actually enjoyed it. <laughs> Are you trying to rag on me? Is that what this is, Dustin? Earth Defense Force series is bad <laughs> but funny as hell and a blast in co-op. That's actually a pretty good suggestion. That would be a good bad game to play. That needs to be added to the list, I think. I realize most of my games are not two or one or two out of ten. Most are six out of eight, but sometimes that makes them worse when they are decent playing but just not fun. Yeah, true. There you go. That's how I always used to compare the the Uwe Boll films versus the Paul W.S. Anderson films. Yeah. Like, Uwe Boll makes legitimately bad movies. I mean, just horrible pieces of shit. But, like, I never cared as much that House of the Dead, the movie, was bad. It was more... I mean, even going back to the first Resident Evil movie, just not, you know, it's not a bad movie in itself. It's just not what I wanted. And I would, you know, Paul Anderson's movies at a, you know, in the six to eight range hurt me more because they were properties I cared more about and wanted to be better. What all did he do? Uh, Resident Evil is the big one, I thought. Let me, let me check. I know he's done a bunch of video game movies. Uh, I do own House of the Dead by Uwe Boll, and that's a that's a fun bad movie. That's I remember the line me and my roommates used to say it all the time. the 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 bad guy, the main villain, was holding down one of the guys is like a tor- like doing torture or, or something, and he says, uh, "You asked for immortality. Why?" And the guy leans in and very seriously says, "To live forever." <laughs> <laughs> no shit. <laughs> I don't know. He's got some good movies on this list. I, I guess it was really the AVP movies and the Resident Evil series. Those yeah. two series. 
both watchable. Neither one as good as I want it to be. Yeah, Resident Evil's dumb fun. I put Resident Evil up there with like the Fast and the Furious movies, which are yeah. dumb, stupid action movies that I can find kind of fun. Yep, and and I do now. I, I think the movies for what they are are okay. I just wanted that actual Resident Evil feel, and they're different. They're not necessarily bad, but yeah. they're also not Resident Evil the game in atmosphere or style. True. Although I do have to give them props. Who I can't I don't know who that guy is, but the guy that played Wesker did a fantastic job. Yeah. I think they got the perfect guy to play Wesker in those movies. And I think, you know, I give props to Wentworth Miller. That dude played a good Chris Redfield. Yep. He he, he pulled him off. I, I was like, this guy can't be that guy. And I'm like, well, yeah, he can. So he did pretty he also good. Did, he also did Mortal Kombat, which was pretty good. Did he do and- Annihilation? Uh, does not look like it. Okay. At least he didn't direct it. And he also did Event Horizon, which was... Fantastic. Pretty, yeah, pretty fantastic. Yeah. Okay. All right, next email. Uh, comes in from Jamie. This one's titled, I would walk 500 miles, and I would walk 500 more. So, remember how last email I told you that I got way off track and spent forever fighting a bad guy that I really didn't need to? That's happened a lot in this game. (laughs) When it said we needed to go to Nabina to get to the high waist and so on, I assumed that we had to go the way they went before, either through the waterway or through the prison we broke out of. So I walked all the way back to the door we came out. I think it was called the Barheim Passage. And then found out that it was locked and I needed to find a key. So I started some quests, which apparently led to the key. I ended up crossing some river and helping a village who was being held captive by some cacti, which actually led to a really long quest line. Anyways, I eventually decided that this was too much to find a stupid key. So I checked the fact and sure enough, I was off track again. I guess all you had to do was go to the aerodome and catch a flight. Either I'm not paying close enough attention or this game is really bad at giving directions. Even a su- yeah, it certainly is. <laughs> it is. Even a suggestion would be nice. Eventually I got back on track and headed to the right direction. So I wandered around the Fawn Coast for a while and really didn't see anything of interest. I'm not even sure what we're doing here. I guess the plan is to go to Arcadia for some reason. Yeah, just I- passing through. I know because the map has a little finger pointing there. Anyways... I think the only thing that happened here was the revelation that Bothier is a former judge. He said that his father made him one, which is lame. I thought it would be some cool symbolic, symbolic, gosh, symbolic. God, how do you pronounce that? Symbolic. Symbolic. Holy shit. I am <laughs> losing my freaking mind. Loosing it even. Uh, uh, but in reality, it's just some daddy got me a job at the company sort of deal. I think it's interesting that Balthier is worried that Ash wants uh, the power for herself, though. Also, how about that slow motion, oh, did you stumble, let me catch you, princess moment. So cheesy, (laughs) so good. Moving on. All I've really been doing is leveling up or trying to level my characters anyways. Uh, I've been trying to keep them pretty close to the same level, just in case I had to sub them during a fight. I had to do that a few times, and Penella was super low and couldn't even take one hit. 
I know you guys have gone through what your characters are, but I haven't done that yet. So, uh, mostly because I can never remember. And I also didn't think about it hardly at all. So my characters aren't well thought out. I only have one ranged character and that's Balthier, which makes fighting flying enemies particularly hard. Yep. Uh, I only have one mage who can cast dark magic, Ash, but she doesn't have great defense or something because she dies really quickly. Uh, mostly I play with Vaughn. He uses samurai swords and Bosch. He has axes and hammers with either Fran or Pinello as my white mages. And this seems to work pretty well. Arcadia is okay. I got a little annoyed at the rumor side quest stuff. It just uh, seems like filler. Go listen. Yeah, that's, that's kind of dumb. Go listen to this guy. Now go tell the other guy all this to get to Draclor which is a lot shorter than I expected. Okay. Uh, don't need to read any farther. Considering how far we had to traverse and how many uh, little th- mini games we had to get to get there, Dracolor was surprisingly brief. All right, and this is, there'll be spoilers if you haven't finished Dracolor. I don't need to do, I don't need to read that then. I'll save that for later. Next email, and last email comes in from Chad. Hopefully you are hanging in there, Drew, because I know of some of the reviews you have on your plate in addition uh, to not having the time to play games you really want to play. However, if you have made it through Dracolor Laboratory, you're approximately 78% through this game. Approximately 78%. Yeah. (laughs) The last few dungeons are big, confusing, and long. If you don't like that some paths aren't reflected on the map, then buckle up because they get worse in some mm. of the final dungeons. I'm a little surprised that nobody has mentioned those mimics save crystals that you have to fight before you can use them. Those things can be a son of a bitch. Yeah, certainly. Enough talk. Let's get back to the summaries. The last episode ended right before the party reaches Waithwell's sw- king. All right, well, he, he, all right, we already did that. I already did that. All right. Thus starts the long trek to Arcades. Uh, Fawn Coast Hunting Town. Balthier questions Ash on whether uh, she really wants to destroy the Dust Shard or whether she intends to use its power. Balthier cautions her, saying that even actions with the best intentions sometimes result in negative outcomes. Balthier starts to talk about his father and how obsessed he became with studying Nethesite. Get ready for an almost non-climatic reveal. Balthier states his father made many things while studying Nethesite and even used his influence to make Balthier a judge. It is at this time he reveals that he was once Judge Farmaran <laughs> and that Dr. Sid is his father. He, ca- he cautions Ash again not to become obsessed with power like his father. Balthier said he couldn't stand seeing his father lose his mind, so he gave up his mantle as Judicar and ran away, becoming a sky pirate. Uh, I am not going to read any farther because the rest of it is... The rest of it is spoilers for stuff we haven't done. I'm sorry, I didn't make it that far. I'm going to try my best to do that this week. And as um, Chad mentioned, I do have a ton of review games. It is review season. Finished up my Strange Brigade review today. You guys should probably pick that up if you enjoy co-op shooters. It's really fun. And it's funny, which is hard to do sometimes. Mm. Yeah. Uh, 
can uh, fall flat pretty easy. Yeah, no, this is actually a funny game. It's 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 fun. It's like it plays out like the old nineteen thirties radio serials. And uh there's an announcer who's constantly narrating the story in his, you know, perfect nineteen thirties uh announcer voice. Uh it's really good. I'm also doing Divinity Original Sin two for review. Oh nice. Which is so long, uh, but also so good. It's out today on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. It's the definitive edition. Uh, works great with a controller. It is a fantastic role-playing game. That is the, that's probably one of the best one-to-one Dungeons and Dragons video game style games that I think anybody out there should play. Um, and then I've got two other games I got to review. So, but yeah, I'm going to try and trek through it. I got to do some grinding. I'm probably going to try and pick up haste somewhere. I went back to one of those safe. I went back to the safe crystal with the little boy who gave us the hunt quest. And it's one of those that I can teleport to. So I'm going to teleport and get haste and hopefully get a time battle mage to be able to cast that and i don't know what i'm gonna do to be honest with you yeah i'm pretty soon you have to go back into the was it the goldmore jungle where the, um, the bunny rabbit people were yeah and that's where the the village is and that's where haste is so for me the teleportation crystals have been somewhat hard to come by right so i you're going to end up there anyway soon if you can make it through to that part. Well, I've got um I've got like 10 of those those teleportation stones. Oh, yeah, then you're in good shape cuz I for most of this game I only had one one or two at a time. And I would use I was always keeping one in reserve just in case I needed it. Uh but I, I recently found a place where I could buy some, so I have like 6 or 7 now. So I'm logging in. I'm turning on Final Fantasy right now as we're recording. I want to check and see if I have haste. Do you know how many hours it, you are in so far? I will let you know as soon as it loads up. Because I think I just hit 38 before we started recording. Let's see here. I know this game will save occasionally. Got it. Also, can we talk about how many button clicks it takes to save your game in this game? Yeah, and it also doesn't automatically go to, yes, overwrite this. So there's so many times I've accidentally... See, right here, You want? are you sure you want to load the save data? Why did I fucking select it? And it's on no. So I have to move <laughs> over to yes. And then once you do save it, it doesn't like... It brings you back to the save screen? Yeah, it says now loading. Like I'm, loading I'm already saved. Okay, thank you. Okay, where am I at? I'm back in. Party consists of Vaughn, Pinello, and Bosch. Vaughn is 32, Pinello is 32, and Bosch is 31. Vaughn is a time battle mage and a shikari. There you go. Bosch is a machinist and a foe breaker. And Pinello is a white mage and a bushi. So it looks like I could possibly do this. Now let me check 
my equipment or my inventory and see if I have haste. Abilities, cure, fire, silence, sleep, aqua, protect, shell, blizzard, raise, dispel, cura, arrow, regen, fire, bleed, thundera, death, and suna, curaga, countdown, bizarra, bizarra, blizzara, darkra, <laughs> stonera, bio, immobilize, dark, thunder, slow, poison of vox, firega, aragra, blind, steel, I do not. Yep, I certainly didn't. Yeah. I only have four time magics. Looks like I need to go get that. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do. Also, I'm 21 hours and 59 minutes in. About to be 22 hours. Right now, 22 hours. Mm. Okay. So, yeah, that's where we stand. Looks like we still got a few more episodes, Matt. I hate to tell you that. Yeah, I, I was hoping it was going to be one, but I think it's it's going to be a good two. Healthy yeah. two. Yeah. And it might be more than that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, because it could easily be three. But we'll get it done. We'll just, uh, we'll just have to pace ourselves. I need to sit down and actually play this game. But that's it for us. I appreciate everybody sending out those emails. Keep sending them. Um, we're going to try to make it through this game eventually. Uh, if you'd like to send an email, it's drew at ztgd.com. You can also tweet to us. I am at DML Fury. Matt is at REMGS and the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. That's it. We are, we're, we're good to go. Keep an eye out on ZTGD.com. We got reviews, 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 tons of them. And, uh, there'll be more coming. We're just now getting into the review season, but that's it Bus- for us. Busy year. Yeah, it's, lots it's of games, lots tons, of good games, tons of games. I haven't even played half of them, but uh, yeah, that's it. We're gonna get out of here. Until next time, I'm Drew, and I'm Matt, and we're out of here. You guys have a great week. We'll be back with the continuation of Final Fantasy XII Zodiac Age.